Welcome to Everything's Not Fine. I'm Kelly Budnick. And I'm Nicole Allen. You know, we're two friends that have done a lot of life together. (laughs) Yeah, but sometimes it can feel really lonely. Especially in this era of filtered pics and curated highlight reels. So we're here to remind you that you're not alone. Life can be messy and crazy and great all at the same time. We're so glad you're here to join us in our unfiltered and no BS real talk because everything's not fine. Hello, friends. Hello, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Um, I would like to tell you that I did not get out of my pajamas at all yesterday, nor did I get out of my bed. You didn't get out of your bed at all? Well, I mean, I did for a few minutes. Sure. I had to make food and go to the bathroom. Not even sure if I brushed my teeth, honestly. If if you're staying in bed, who cares? Exactly. I'm sure I did because I get grossed out. But I just laid in bed and watched Netflix all day. Bliss. Did you catch up on Ozark? Did you watch... No. Do you know why? Because my husband keeps falling asleep. And that's one we watch together. So I can't be that guy who watches without. Yeah. A certain guy named Aaron Allen did that to me last night because I got real tired. And he's like, there's only one left. (laughs) And so I was like, you made it through. Whatever. (laughs) We watched, um, because it's like seven episodes or something. Mm -hmm. the The first half. So we had watched most of them together, but the like sixth episode, I was falling asleep. And so, um, so I was like, dude, I can't, I can't. Like I, I missed half that episode at least like intermittently. Yeah. And so he was like, Ugh. so I was like, whatever, just finish it. Just watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's always what happens though. Cause he has these like magical powers to like binge yes. the ending. And I don't. I, I that I am the binger, and Jim will be like three episodes in and be like, "Okay, I gotta go. I gotta move around. I gotta." I'm like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> yes. <clears throat> no. So Jordan's been sick this last week, so he and I started a show. It's called Archive Eighty One on Netflix. Um, oh, super good. It's kind of a thriller, suspense. Um, I don't do horror, so it's not like quite there but very interesting but kind of supernatural weird anyway that's totally jordan's bag so whenever we're gonna watch something together i have to find something that i can tolerate anyway it's a little bit like stranger things-esque but more Uh adult and anyway super don't you feel so successful finding something though that you're like teenage boy also wants to watch yes oh my it god is, it is a chore for us it's a chore but it it feels so good when you get that like one oh my gosh yes show i did a dance and then i but i had to be careful because like then noah almost gets this like i just want to not watch it just to spite you because yeah. you're so happy oh, about it this? never mind <laughs> and i'm like no undo undo Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. This is not cool. I am not enjoying it at all. <laughs> I will suffer for you. <laughs> yes. My mom heart is not fulfilled. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and Jordan has a very hard time sitting still. So if something will hold his attention and he will sit still through it, we are good. Yeah. So anyway, we cuddled up in bed this week a few times and watched the show. It was fantastic. And I just consider myself amazingly fortunate that I have a 16-year-old that will come lay on my bed and watch TV with me. Yeah, that is impressive. (laughs) (laughs) He has to be deathly ill, but it's fine. We'll take what we can get. That's right. Um, I have another thing that I need to discuss with you. Mm. And I know that we pride ourselves on being non-judgmental and inclusive in this space, but I'm going to have to deviate from that for a moment. Okay. I hate contour and highlight. And I don't think I like it on anyone. Really? I mean... It's possible that I like it on people if they do it in a way that it's not so obvious that that's what they've done. And I just think, oh, wow, you're good at makeup. But actually, they've used that. That's fine. Sure, sure. But I was watching some stories on the Instagram this morning, and you could see, like, the defined line along the nose. And and this is good. This is not something that rarely happens. Like most people, if they do the contour and the highlight, it's obvious. Yeah. And I would like for there to be um, an end to this trend. Yeah, it's obnoxious. That extreme. In your powers? Yeah, I wish I could. I will give you an alternate, however. If you, um, Bobby Brown, right, had a, has a makeup line, right, Bobby yeah. Brown Makeup, she sold that original company. So there's that. But uh-huh. she has always been one that is about, like, it looking effortless. And especially as you age, she's yeah. one that is about, like, I want a dewy, like, no makeup, fresh-faced look. Yeah, Like, that's the best thing, right? As we age and we have... Lines, increases, and what have you. Let's like, so she kind of has been a a good forefront of that sort Mm -hmm. of era Mm -hmm. of makeup, which I love. She has a new line called Jones Road. um, And I am not selling this. I just have come across it and I've been watching her stuff. But she has this one product that she herself on TikTok does little videos about this line, but also just about like applying and whatever. And it's very minimal, but it's this like very, she's got this one product called Miracle Balm and I have to buy it. I've just, (laughs) I've gone to buy it like four times and it has a few different colors, but it's very dewy and like, like it just adds like where you'd put blush or where you'd put different stuff. And it just has this like glistening, dewy, um, just really fresh look and match that with your lashes and it's like you would look amazing 25 again honest to god but so like effortlessly so like that's always my thing is I don't want it to look like I'm trying too hard I might be trying really hard but I want it to look like I'm not a try hard (laughs) exactly so anyway so she's I've been enjoying her videos because she talks a lot about that stuff oh okay I will look it up I will I mean, I'm not an everyday makeup wearer, 
So, sure. you know, when I do, it's not going to be much. Right. Because I just, that's not my deal. Right. But I really should, like, I the other day I was like, oh, I need to go get a facial. And maybe they can do like a, I need a lot of help right now. Like, things are changing. But then I was like, you know, I don't even regularly wash my face with more than a makeup wipe remover. So... Oh you know, or like in the shower. So maybe I just need to start there. Like, <laughs> I try so hard. I get these step programs and yeah. one step things and no effort thing. None, none. I don't like doing any of it. Yeah. But you're lucky you have nice, I feel like you have nice skin. Like I am an alligator. I'm dry as dry as dry. So I have to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I will be like scaly and like <laughs> it's bad. So I'm I have getting, to at least use something. Yeah, I'm getting worse. I'm getting drier. And I'm also getting like little just so many age spots. So many. Yeah. Facials would help that. Like just kind of help kind of reel that in a little bit. Yeah. occasional occasional yes. facials yes I know I gotta be careful because I can't add too many more high maintenance things to my no. list of things I yeah. do I'm becoming a high maintenance woman and <laughs> well that's why I will say yes. I'm not making anything from this but why <laughs> I do I am drawn to that Jones Road that Bobby Brown line because she literally has like hippie whatever stick and it's just like a moisturizing stick and then oh. she has like a miracle balm that's got like a little tint to it. And I'm like, you know what? That's kind of a jam. Like I, of course, as a hairdresser, I do full makeup. Like, yes. okay, full is the wrong word because I am not contouring and all that shit. <laughs> but I do wear makeup on a daily. Um, but I do like the idea of that because it felt very glowy, dewy, um, yeah. and real easy. The lash thing I got to get back into. I bought the wrong ones. Oh, I like them, but they're too dramatic. So yeah. I need to yeah, find a little awesome. more like regular looking because the other ones I feel just a little over the top. Yeah. On the daily. Like it would be great for an event, but it's not right. so much. Yes. <clears throat> I'm out because um, I do those flutter habit. People always ask when I post things on Instagram, share what you use. I use flutter habit it's a subscription um anyway ellie came home and used like four sets and i didn't know and so then i took my last set off and went to put new ones on and there were none in there so i had to up my shipment for those of you that don't have daughters or don't have asshole daughters like mine i love you sis um (laughs) This is what you are not missing out on. I have a friend who um, only has, well, I have more than one person in my life that only has a son or sons. And I'm like, this is why you're glad you don't have daughters. Just anytime you're wishing you had a little girl that you were able to dress up and then she grew up and this is what she does. So this is why you're glad. (laughs) Anywho. Pluses and minuses, that's for sure. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And she steals my shoes. But anyway, another day for that (laughs) combo. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So anything you need to share with the class today, Ms. Allen? Nothing crazy. No. No. Oh, actually, 
So I don't know if anybody's been wondering, but Noah did in fact pass his driver's oh, test. Yes, yes, yes. So that's very exciting. And he's going today. We made an appointment so he can get his actual license with a new picture because no, Lord knows you can't use the picture from a year ago. Oh. I mean, you're a completely different person. Yes, so, yes. You know. Well, and that one has to last him until he turns 21, right? 21, Yes. I think they're so funny. Jay, whose picture is hilarious. He's such a child. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I'm excited for today's topic because our first episode, just a general, broad, short overview of what it means to be seen and how it feels to be seen. Um, we had some good feedback. People really enjoy this conversation. So yes, it's and a I good it's, topic. Yes. And I think it's great because I was thinking about it <clears throat> last night. Like my whole, our whole point in even having this podcast is to um, normalize life and the mm-hmm. ups and downs of life. And what better way to see one another than doing that and so it's kind of our whole purpose is to see and be seen in this in this place so I mean yeah yes I'm not sure where I was going with that but (laughs) no I love it I think it's so impactful and that's some of the feedback that we have gotten is feeling like my gosh, I, I do feel like I'm just sitting with girlfriends and I want to like interject um, yeah. my thoughts because it feels like a conversation. And yeah. I know some too that are in spaces where, um, you know, they there are a lot of us, I think, that are in places of life that feel a little bit alone and a little less connected with people, whether because of pandemic reasons, health reasons, or yeah. just practically have moved or what have you. And I love if this pod fills a little bit of that space to where you feel like you have people. Yes. And as a reminder that you have people that feel like you feel like that makes my heart feel so full. That's yes. amazing. And that's like completely what we want to bring yeah. to the table. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, we got a fun text from a friend talking about the last episode. Should we read it? Yeah, go for it. Oh, I'm reading it? Oh, okay. You're usually the reader of things. I'll read it. I'll read it. I just didn't know where we wanted to. No. Um, you read it. I'm afraid that I will um, give details or like. Okay. Or... Okay. So she <laughs> said, listening to the podcast this weekend and wanted to text you both. Each of you in your own way have made me feel seen in so many ways throughout my life. Your deep understanding of my personality, background, and upbringing have helped you each understand me on a deep level. I think being seen is such an act of intimate friendship, to know and to be known. It's what we strive for not only in marriage, but in friendship. This deep understanding of each other and a love and commitment that we have for each other despite knowing the good, bad, and ugly. Um, you're both precious to me and it's a privilege to share my inner workings with you both, even when they aren't pretty. Uh, and you know, just loving the topic makes me feel like I'm sitting around chatting with you both, etc. So, so awesome. 
Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And we'll talk more about a lot of that when we do the friendship episode, but I just, I thought such a great, um, example of what you're talking about. Just, um, having this conversation in a way that, um, includes everyone, you know, it's, it's you and me talking, but in a way that at, at least I hope that, um, and we have heard quite a bit. People say, you know, I'm, I'm talking back to you. You just can't hear me because I'm talking to myself in my car like a crazy person. Or <laughs> right. I love it so much. <laughs> um, but I, today's topic is being seen in motherhood. Um, yes. Oh, that's a loaded, that's a, that's a big bag. That is a big bag to carry. It is. Um, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I just, I think it's. The value of that, however, is so huge. Oh. I mean, there are just times in life where it is like you're in this whole new space, right? And it's huge when people will tell you the real stuff, right? Yes. Like the like, okay, I have an example of a one of my coworkers just had a baby and it's her first and um, she had had the baby and it was like four days in. And we're friends or whatever. So I was just kind of checking in and I just all of a sudden remembered when I had my babies, every one of them at about day three or four, like my hormones, my adrenaline would drop off the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. My hormones felt like they dropped through the floor, like Mm -hmm. everything shifted and I would just start crying and I would be like, something's wrong with me. I'm not like blissfully happy. I'm like really exhausted. I don't know who this like alien thing is. Right. I don't know what they want or need. And I think I'm going to be really bad at this, but it was like all hormones, all like adrenaline, you know, cause I remember when I first have them, I had a girlfriend that had texted, how are you doing? Have you gotten any sleep? And I was like, no, but I feel great. <laughs> and she was like, oh God. Oh. And, and then within 24 hours, of course, then I would hit that like wall. Yes. And it's all just, nature, right? It's all part of it. Yeah. So with this girlfriend that I work with, I had texted her and I said, I don't know. I just like cold texted. Like, I don't know if this is relatable. Maybe it's completely not. And that's great for you. But if you feel any of these things, you are normal. Yes. It is normal. Here's the why, like, at a, like even like your body is going through this and your hormones and whatever. Yeah. But also like, It's not going to stay that way. Mm -hmm. You are doing great. And she replied back and it was so sweet. And she just said, oh my God, I'm so happy you texted that because (laughs) I've been crying. And I thought, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, she's like, I really thought something was broken because I wasn't even a crier in pregnancy. Yeah. Like, like this is just a whole other new thing. And I really like, you have no idea how thankful I am for you texting that. Yes. And it was just such proof for one of like, you know what, when you get that inkling follow through on it, when you get that thought, dude, like it is our instincts of like, put it out there, do it, follow through. And then just have another, like, you know what, it would have been real easy 
to have just kept it real, you know, like, oh, isn't motherhood so magical? Uh. Yeah. And, um, you know, how alone she could still be feeling yeah. when the reality is, and it's a, there's nothing wrong with you, right? Like right. that's, it's literally like your physiological, everything has just shifted, yes. you know, in a, on the top of a dime and like to know that you're not alone and that that's normal and that yeah. other people have felt that is huge. Yes. So that was my first, like more recent. Yeah. It's it's been a fat minute since I've had a baby, but that's one that always sticks out. (laughs) I really, um, one of the things that just pisses me off about our society, especially in the U S I don't know how it is in all other countries, but I know, uh, we are like at the bottom of the list as far as how we take care of, um, like the postnatal, yep. you know, fourth trimester, whatever they call that, like the <laughs> immediately after, whatever. What is right. that? The I well, post postnatal is the yeah. yeah, like, and I just like recently in the last few years, people have made it, you know, on social media or whatever, like shared the less glamorous. Uh, time during that, you know, those first couple of months or, you know, the bringing home the hospital panties and the pads and all the things, you know, and, and made that into like a funny, you know, we all, we're not feeling beautiful. Like it is not normal. Yes. And that's great. But the thing that isn't shared widely yet is what you're talking about. The emotional, how, um, challenging and devastating (laughs) those the first few weeks can feel in the ups and downs and all of it so um i hope that as a community as we are normalizing mental health and things like that that the postnatal part of it becomes a much bigger focus because um it's just it's also romanticized, you know, becoming a mom yes. is so romanticized or becoming a parent. And even if you are, um, if you've adopted or, you know, in whatever ways you get your babies, um, it is emotional those first yes. few weeks. It is, you know, it, you are suddenly sleep deprived, just like every other mother. You are suddenly having all of the things and, um, the added stress of whatever adoption brings or whatever, you know, yeah. fostering or whatever. So this applies to when you birthed your kids, but also if it, however you create your family, there is some shit and we need to normalize it and um, support better as a society. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. my soapbox <laughs> for the day. I'm on on that vein, but. Yeah. You know. Well, my sister-in-law had said she would rather give birth every day than have the first two weeks of a newborn because it's so hard, which yeah. I was like, you are amazing. First off, because I do not relate to the birth part, but <laughs> she yeah. is like <laughs> amazing. But I do think it also what that does is highlight how hard that first part can yes. be, you know, whether it's because of the hormones or just pure exhaustion, which yeah. you get if you adopt your exhaustion you know like it does not matter like those first it's just 
the the shifting in that is just extreme. Yeah. It is a little unfair for those who have birthed the child naturally that <coughs> excuse me, that you have basically run a super marathon and then you get launched into motherhood. Like <laughs> I never experienced that. I'm pure scheduled C sections. Um, sadly, I there is part of me that just really wishes that I could have done the whole birthing yeah. process. But I will be grateful for missing out on a lot of that crap. But anyway, launch, your launch into motherhood is a super marathon. And you get to sleep for a couple of hours and then you are responsible for a life. So good luck. <laughs> and also there's no training or like instruction at all. Yeah. Yeah, the books only go so far. And yeah. there's a lot of nowadays, too. This is the part that I do feel for parents. I mean, everybody's got these extremely harsh opinions oh. about how to do it right and how effed up you are if you don't do it like them, you yeah. know, and how you're going to. And it's not just like it, it's also with like they're not going to be connected to you and it's going to be like and they're going to be dysfunctional. They're going to be like not intelligent and like all of these things that you're like, cool. Except I did see a picture the other day where they were like, it was a water slide and they come from two different sides and it was like one side was breastfeeding and one side was bottle feeding. And then it like came together and merged where they were side by side. And it was like, you know, eating French fries off the floor at five years old on the car, <laughs> you know, in the car. And it was like, yeah, that's, there's, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing of um, no matter what you do, no matter how you parent, if you are a gentle parent or an authoritarian parent or this or that or the other thing, there are some things biologically that are going to happen no matter what. And no matter how hard you tried to prevent certain things or, um, you know, give them the tools in their toolbox to adequately, like without pain and suffering, go through the teen years, that's not going to happen. Like no. there's nothing it's not real. Yeah. There is nothing that stops. So basically what I'm saying is just don't even try. Like <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but you know, motherhood is the great equalizer. Yeah, like it's true. <clears throat> From the time we become pregnant, within 24 hours, every cell in our body has changed. Gosh, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So, I mean, you start out like at inception before it's even a baby, you have completely changed. Yeah. Physically. Right. And it really doesn't change from there. Like, no matter even what the outcome of that pregnancy is, you have considered another being more than yourself for at least a moment, for at least, a, you know, um, a... 
even if you're someone who it was an unplanned pregnancy or whatever, and you have right. to consider like, am I going to raise this child in whatever way right. um, you've considered another being more than yourself. Sure. And that is, I mean, nothing, no other person experiences that on that level. <clears throat> and, and then it's just, it's all freaking downhill from there. <laughs> that's what was so funny in this text i kept saying you know listen it's it's yes and it's both it's yes. oh my gosh this is so amazing this miracle it's i can't even believe it i'm so grateful and also it's hard as hell you know yeah. and i just kept saying like and you just feel so exhausted you're gonna you feel like i think i might die my heart i, I might actually die yes <laughs> and then also oh, i'm so in love but also, yes. oh my God, I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> yes. Oh, I remember with Ellie, my, uh, I, I nursed Ellie for the first couple of months and it was literal hell on earth. Like people talk about how breastfeeding is, is very hard and it is, um, literally I had to have like a stitch put in my nipple at one Ooh. point because things were hanging on by a thread. Okay. And Whoa. If you're cringing right now, I'm sorry, but I need you, you to hold my me. boobs right now. No. <laughs> and so I just remember being like, I love this child so much and I want to hold her and squeeze her and cuddle her, but please God don't wake up. And then she would wake up and I would just start crying because I knew I was going to have to feed this child. And Oh, it was awful. And, um, when I decided to stop, I had surgery and I lost my milk. Thank God. I was so relieved. Yes. And finally then could I like enjoy this child? Like there's just, there's so much, there's just so freaking much. And it's okay to not love every moment. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's so sad that we have the pressure that we do to do everything so perfectly that, that means sometimes we don't even get enjoy the process. Right. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, I'm all over the joint about this. <laughs> I have so many things to say. It's hard to cram it all in. <laughs> well, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is a tricky... So we decided that we were going to talk about motherhood <clears throat> this week. And I had a really tough last few weeks dealing with my own um, issues with my mother. And so last night, I'm not, as I'm thinking about today, I'm laying there going, oh, my God, why did I say let's do motherhood? Because... <laughs> I am a mess about motherhood right now. I am a freaking mess about my own mother, about how that affects me being a mother. It's, oof, this is not the topic for me, but I decided to power through. So be gracious with my scatteredness because it probably has something to do with that. Anywho. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> I see us who are trying yeah. our best to mother um, in spite of some of the mothering that we received. And, <clears throat> but that's real, right? Like that, 
that's all of us. We yes. all have that, whether it's certainly in, in mothering, parenting, um, in marriage, what have you, like we are all results of what we've experienced. Yeah. And as with all of us, we also so often go, okay, I liked that part. I want to, res- I want that to look like that. And then I real want to do that different. Yeah. So let's adjust that one, you know? Um, yeah. And it's, it's like what we had started talking about last week of the, the challenge of, you know, not just parenting the way we would have liked ourselves to have had experience, yes. you know, experienced, yes. um, and having to parent, parenting the children that we have with the starting points that they, that they have, not that we had, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I feel like I'm talking in circles, but. It's, no. It is a whole mental, you know, game and some of that. It, yeah. And we're all just trying the best we can. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And at some point we have to cut ourselves some slack and say, I'm not going to do this perfect. I'm not going to perfectly correct what I felt like needed to be corrected. And maybe someday I'm going to realize that that didn't need to be corrected. And that was good parenting. It just sucked. Or, you know, it felt sucky at the time. Or it could have been done a little bit differently and still been great, not completely 100% changed or whatever. You know, we, as we grow in our own motherhood, um, we realize, at least that's where I'm at, like, as I'm making peace with some things, I'm like, uh, she wasn't completely bad in this, you know, or whatever. And that's humbling. Like, (laughs) you know, to have to be willing to say, oh, I see where this was coming from. But what was my point? Fuck. (laughs) I hate this episode already. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Power through. You got this. I think we all have those things though. We all have those moments that you think, oh my God, I just completely effed that up. And then you look back and sometimes, sometimes that's true. And honestly, one of my best tools that I've utilized is the ability truly to be able to, to go back to our kids and just say, yeah, yeah. You know what? At the time that's, this is where we were at and that was an overcorrection yeah, or it was too much or it wasn't enough. And I'm really sorry. Like either way, whatever, whatever direction it was of like, but being able to, I'm so grateful for the ability to be able to honestly, just be honest and say to them as they get older, obviously at two, you're, you know, not saying it, but, but as they get older, being able to say like, I'm really sorry. I think you might have a point there that, you know, we were too, tight or rigid or, um, and now we're on the other end of that. And, you know, I I mean, because we have three, we have those conversations a lot where we were too rigid with the first one and then too loose on the last one. And so it's like, we're telling all of them, like, I'm, I'm really sorry. You're right. right. You know, we're just doing the best we can. And, and all we can do is try to course correct when we see those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I 
have to hope that that's enough. Be yeah. willing to be humble enough to apologize, to have those conversations, to seek wisdom from other mm-hmm. people. And that's what I'm so grateful about with having, you know, others that yes. to glean from and yeah. to be seen and to say, help, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yes. Um, and even just to know that like, you're not the only one again, like that's, that's part of our whole mission is yes. Yeah. To keep having that. Uh, great. And I think being able to be that real with our children teaches them how to be that real with themselves, with their peers, um, and then being that real with one another, with other moms, yeah. helps us to destigmatize, right? Like right, what what we were talking about earlier. It's just yeah. we have to um, being seen requires vulnerability, and that is not something that is easy to do as a mom because it's literally the most raw feeling for me is, um, it's my most important job. It's my most important, um, role in this universe. And it's the thing I don't want to be judged in. And so it's the hardest thing to be vulnerable in for me. It's, um, less now than it used to be, but, um, and it's the thing that like, for me, I'm fighting, to create like what I think is good mothering through my mind. Like I didn't have a lot of training and a lot of example of what I had a great example of what a woman who has to fight to overcome serious obstacles and um, fight to leave abuse and to um, support a child um outside of abuse and, and leaving that marriage and all of that. Like I had an amazing example of a fighter. Um, I didn't have a great example of a nurturer because she was fighting. Right. (laughs) And yeah. So for me, I'm creating this, um, this part of motherhood on my own, especially in the early years, like, just stumbling around in the dark, flying by the seat of my pants. And so I was guarding that so closely and um, like a a brick wall around it of no one is going to judge this. No one, this is like, this is mine and you don't get to be a part of this to the point where that also made it impossible to have help and to have, Mm. um, to be seen and to feel, um, recognized and to have someone say, Oh gosh, it looks like you're struggling, you know, or whatever. Like, don't talk to me. I, (laughs) I am, I am figuring this out. Don't judge me. Don't think that I'm less because I need to be perfect at this. And obviously that is just, um, a recipe for disaster, like feeling yeah. alone 
and and all of that. So, and I don't think I'm the only one who experiences that, you know, for no. whatever reason. Like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be my story, but we don't want to... Um, we don't want to be seen as being not great moms. Right. And so it's really hard to share the hard stuff because that must mean that we're not great at this. Yeah. No. And that's the great lie. Right. And that's the thing that, like you were saying, what ended up happening or what ends up happening when we Mm -hmm. do that is that then we're just, we're in it alone. Yeah. Or we feel like we are, we're not actually, but, but it can feel incredibly isolating and, yeah. It's not, that's hard. That's really yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a risk. Like it's a risk that we have to take. Yeah. And um, it's never too late. Like yes. my kids are teenagers. And um, over the last few years, I've had to be like, okay, um, this sucks. I need help. I, you know, and immediately in making that decision, having people be like, oh, you're okay. This is normal. Like you texting the new mom and, and, and being able to say, this is normal. If you're feeling it, it's normal. Like for me, the people that I opened up to who I thought, oh, your kids are perfect. You're the perfect mom. Like they are not misbehaving. They are not, you know, whatever. So I'm sure you can't understand this, but here's what I'm feeling. And then to have people say, oh no, like that's, I feel that every day. Or, you know, it was like, oh, oh, you know, chipping away at that brick wall of, oh, this is, I am okay. I didn't fuck it up. I, and, and whether that's having the toddler who's a biter in play group or (laughs) (laughs) the teenager who is doing God knows what, I mean, that is, um, there's something to be had by normalizing all of the struggles. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I remember talking, I'm sure I've shared this before, but like talking to a gal who was, she was marrying a guy that had a, his older, he had a child that was like a middle schooler. And she mm-hmm. had, I want to say like a really young, you know, elementary maybe tops child. Mm-hmm. And so she was sort of jumping into the deep end with beginnings of teenagehood and had no experience with it before. And we were having dinner and uh, one of our friends and I, you know, have kids same age. And so we were talking about um, our kids when they were in middle school and finally coming to call them brain damaged. (laughs) 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 They are smart. They were smart people. And then they hit this era of, I swear to God, they had brain damage. And so as we start talking about it and we're laughing and telling stories about their like ridiculous at that era her eyes got so wide and she was like oh my god you have no idea how grateful I am that you're saying these things she's like I felt like I was crazy like I'm broken 
because yeah. what in the hell is this alien person thinking yeah. and doing? And it's they're not. They are not thinking. They're not exactly. And so we were. Ju- we just kept like laughing, and we'd say stuff, and then we'd like reach and touch your hand and be like, "No, that's totally normal." Mm-hmm. Yes, they're brain damaged. You're not crazy. Yes, yes. It, 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 that is that is you know, and it won't stay like that. Like just yes. even to hear, like it doesn't stay that way. Yeah, it will change. Which Aaron, because he teaches middle school, often will have those conversations with people that are just kind of starting to get into that era of life. Uh-huh. Because he'll be like, oh, no. Okay, tell me what to do. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and then he'll kind of almost, you know, say like, yeah, predict, you know, oh, so then they probably did this. Yes. How did you know? He's like, this is my wheelhouse, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do this all day, every day. <laughs> all day, every day. And so he'll like even say like, sometimes you just got to be able to laugh with them. You know, you got to be able to like, you, it, when they're in a, in a, a good space, like it's good to almost, you kind of make fun just a little bit. Yeah. And then be able to get them to laugh even at themselves. Yes. And there's it brings some levity and it's just important because yes. yeah. nobody gets through it unscathed, you know. Oh, Lordy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay, so I wrote a little something last night. I have not reread it to myself today. So we're really going out on a limb here. I'm not sure what this is going to be. I mean, I, I know what it. I was trying to communicate, but please... We may edit this out if it doesn't. Okay, I'm ready. Um, No. So I was trying to get my feelings of how motherhood has changed over the generations, right? Like, obviously, as society has changed, the role of mom has changed. So let's see what I wrote here. See if we agree. (laughs) I like it. My midnight self sometimes writes crazy things. Um, Okay. The role of motherhood in society has changed in many ways over the past few generations. My generation has seen significant changes in how motherhood is viewed as a whole. We were born in a time when dual income families became the norm. Latchkey kids, TV dinners, and a general hands-off approach to parenting was popularized in my childhood. Mothers went from being one another's source of social and emotional support in the previous generation to a distant wave in the driveway after a long day of work during my generation. Then when I became a mother, the changeover happened yet again. We wanted to be more present for our children than our mothers were, but for the most part, still needed to provide a dual income for our families. Then enter social media. As if we weren't struggling under enough pressure, we started living life in a fishbowl. If motherhood was the equalizer, social media became the modern-day Roman Colosseum where we battled to the figurative death to prove ourselves the best and most worthy champion one carefully selected family outfit at a time. The most significant death blow during these generational turnovers was companionship. We lost the Ethels to our Lucys. (laughs) I tend to agree with Midnight Self Me. I do agree, a wholeheartedly agree, actually. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I was trying to, I remember now what I was trying to do. I was trying to think about um, what, I mean, my whole point and and what I want to talk about here is losing the Ethels to our Lucys um, but, and, and continue on in that realm of thinking. But I do think our roles in society had a 
huge effect on how we um, operate as moms and how we see ourselves as moms. Like, you know, going from the stay at home, you know, 50s housewife, your whole identity wrapped up in being um, mom and wife, but mostly, I mean, a lot mom. And then, you know, a generational change of like living for, and this would probably be our moms a lot, like living for themselves, creating careers, creating all of, you know, uh, which is not a bad thing. Um, But when the pendulum swings, you know, we go way far the other way from, so housewife became working mom, very dedicated working mom. Um, And just trying to still, take care of the kids, but giving themselves completely to a career and not necessarily because that was their dream, but because Uh like the way capitalism or, you know, whatever changed during that time as well, like you needed two incomes. And so that tearing of what, um, of priorities, like all of a sudden that generation had to be both wife or all wife, mom, and working woman. And um, I think as daughters, future mothers, um, there became that overcorrection again of my kids. I don't want my kids to be home alone after school every day. I don't want, you know, whatever. I want to have more of the mom side than my mom did. And so that pressure of doing it all well, still having to work because I don't know many people who can survive on a single income comfortably in this, in this country. And so, um, but also knowing like, I need to be more present for my children. I need to provide more for my, you know, nurturing or whatever. And then, Um, So that's all really hard. And then adding social media to that and comparing ourselves to one another and there becoming this great competition um, of who who's doing it, like who's able to mom and work and wife and super mom and who um, and, and that's when, you know, it's commonly talked about as the mommy wars, right? Like the judging each other. Did you breastfeed? Did you make um, bento lunch boxes with flower shaped sandwiches and Pinterest worthy everything, you know, like all that bullshit. So in the span really of three generations, motherhood went from being like this common bond that women shared, you know, in the neighborhood getting together and watching one another's kids and, you know, doing all of these things and to like literal competition of who's doing it better. And so that companionship is lost. Therefore the being seen and supporting one another and seeing one another was lost. And this lonely space of motherhood and feeling like a failure and feeling less than and not doing it well enough became the norm. Yeah. And that is what 
the un, like that is the pull I feel in this time of life to undo. Like mm-hmm. with my younger, um, you know, Jim and I are the oldest in both of our families. And so all of these kids are younger than us having their babies now. And I just, it's like my mission of you don't have to do that. Yeah, because that's what I so desperately <laughs> needed. And, yep. you know. Yeah. No, it's so good. And what we what gets sacrificed, like you said, is that second mom help, that backup because of insecurity of needing to do, be all, be the all, end all not need any help, any feedback, be the Wonder Woman, be the whatever. Because if anything less than that is, is you're doing a shit job, which is the lie entirely, you know, whereas really what we need is the Ethel to our Lucy. We need that, you know, divine secrets of the Yaya sisterhood. We need the like, sometimes we need the other person that is, has been a witness to our life. Yeah. To be able to speak it to our lives, but also to our kids. There's times where sometimes yeah. our kids need a different voice. Yeah. You know, and I know for ours, like that's been the case where sometimes it's the, hey, baby, I see you. Like not even a like in a like, I see you. I'm watching you. Blah, 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 but yeah. like, but literally a like, how are you doing to our kids, each other's okay. kids? You know, I see you. How are you? Like, I've been thinking about you. And hearing that from another adult that has been able to love them has been so meaningful to our kids, you know, and and they definitely have these connections when we've been able to allow that to happen and not feel like it's a criticism on ourselves. But instead, it's an added bonus bonus mom, bonus dad, bonus friend that is invaluable because there are some times where you need to hear it the same thing, just a different way. Yeah. Right. It's not about somebody coming in and parenting completely different and being like, Oh, I know your mom's not cool with you being a teenage drinker, but let me buy you booze. That's not (laughs) what we're talking about. Right. But we're almost of the other direction of like, you know, Hey, I see you. Are you, how are you doing? And sometimes it's saying like, um, you know, encouraging to go have that conversation with the parents in a way, or like, you know, I know your mom and I know what she would say. And this is what she would say. You know, you've done that with our kids Our, you know, Roz, you, you get to be in charge of this. And I know your mom would say the same thing. And that is a beautiful, beautiful gift. To be able to have those places, you know, seeing Elle on Facebook or on Insta or whatever and just messaging, you know, where she's like, I think I want to whatever. And I'm like, girlfriend, watch yourself, you know, (laughs) and she'll be like, I hear you, mom. I hear you, (laughs) you know, and it's like and it's it's in love and in jest and in all of these things. But it's these moments that can be able to just say, hey, even I got your back too. you know, I'm there for you, too. And, and I know at different times, different friends of ours have said, you know, even over the years, you know, to Jehu, Jehu, I was on my roof. I was roofing and I was thinking about you and I was, 
And I just want you to know that you're on my mind and I'm, you know, da, 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 da. And it's like, that has stuck with him for years. And he, and, and our kids all have these moments of like, man, I know when the shit hits the fan, I know I have my parents, but I also know that I have all these other people too. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a gift. Oh God. We give ourselves as parents and that we give our, our kids, um, that it doesn't have to just be on us. Yeah. You know, and whether that's your, you know, siblings or it's other people that are, you know, aunties and uncles, you know, because of the relationship and deep friendship that you've had, but just having somebody, I mean, it's, it's a gift on all of those levels. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the important thing is it is such a vulnerable risk to have people in your life that are that close to you that they can also be that close to your children. But it's it's a risk worth taking because it affects more than just you. It affects right. your children. It affects their children. You yeah. know, it's and is it is it easy? Does it come naturally? Does it just land on your lap? Uh, these kinds of relationships? Hell no. But no. they're worth it. And yeah. Um, like we say so much, I mean, the reason that we have these relationships is a freaking cult and, (laughs) um, people may not like to hear that, but, or, you know, may not like that term or tone or whatever, but it's facts. Like that's how these relationships were developed. And then we went a step further and said, okay, that was messed up. But what wasn't is what you and I have. And we may need to change it and fine tune it. um, But we're going to keep this. And, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to go through a cult to have that, but any depth of friendship like that, that we all, that we have, that you and I share, and our husbands, um, it's gonna have, it's gonna, it's going to be work. It's not going to be like, oh, this just showed up on my doorstep today in a pretty red bow, and it's so wonderful, <laughs> right? And, you know, it's it may not be horrible hard work, but it's gonna take time and investment yeah. in one another, and you know, and again, it's never too late for that. It's, yeah, and sometimes it's even like you said in the work. Factor. Sometimes it it's also um, you know where you overstep. Sometimes yes. you do. Sometimes you say more than than like oh shit. You know what? That wasn't my place. I'm sorry. Yeah. But or or not or even if it was a like well that was a little weird. That was a little over over whatever. But you know what? It came from a place of yeah. love and being able to hear the heart and be able to like slough the rest of like yeah. you know what you love me. And that's where that's coming from. And that I, I appreciate, Yeah, you know, and giving yeah. a little bit of room because it is a little, like, it takes a little of, of that to yeah. find that, you know, what's the, what's a good amount of, you yeah. know, I got your back and I can speak to whatever. Because the other part too is sometimes like with our kids, they have kid brains during certain phases, right? Oh, Lordy. Like, and so what they perceive in yeah. different eras of time is not likely the whole picture. Yeah. You know, they're seeing their perception and their, and that has value and that is valid. But sometimes what they're missing is the background. They're filling in some gaps that aren't true. I've had that even with siblings 
because they're so much younger than me, they'll say, I remember, you know, when you were whatever and mom did this and, you know, she paid for all of whatever. And it was like, whoa, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Hold up. Uh-huh. Um, that was your 10 year old brain that filled yeah. in some gaps. That is not true. Right. <laughs> like, so yeah. let me go back. Let me tell you what actually, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and whatever. And so, yeah, you know, I, I think that has a lot of value too, where sometimes it is someone to be able to say, sweetie, your mom, she has, you know, she always meant well, and this is where she's coming from. And maybe you didn't know that about her. Yeah. You know, that yeah. at the time she was also having a hard time. Yes. And, and being able to sometimes have those spaces is so invaluable. Yes. You yeah. know, I mean, cause we we'll do that. And again, this isn't that topic, but in marriage, same thing, like being yeah. able to have people close enough that can say, okay, he was a dumbass when he said that, but you know, yeah. he's got a good heart and you know that that's not what he means. Yeah. You know, exactly. And, and that matters to have yeah. that like reiterating of like, yes, this was a dumb thing, but that doesn't make him fill in the blank, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that brings like to the next topic here, as far as being seen in motherhood is being seen by our co-parent and being seen by our children, um, which, oh, for me, like being seen in motherhood, being seen in my mothering, for me, for Jim to be like, and this was a couple of years ago, but coming and saying, hun, probably the hardest thing he's ever said to me, um, you're acting like your mom. And, and in a loving, right, like this, this thing that you are trying so hard to overcorrect or, or to correct is coming out during these pressure cooker times and you don't realize it. And I love you. And I know how much this is not who you want to be. Yeah. And what can we do? Which really was kind of like the opening of the door of, oh shit, I need to deal with yeah. these issues because they are spilling out of me. And he had to know me and see me yeah. on a level that, I mean, because if, if we didn't have that relationship, if he didn't know those things about me, He'd been like, you're kind of being a bitch. Like, you know. Right. You need to, if he would have said anything at all, or because he could have just seen it as, you know, Ellie and I going back and forth and bickering and arguing and having normal teenager time. Um, but he could see beyond that to the, this is something I know you don't want. And I want you to be able to, um, to know that it's happening so that you can have the healing that you need so that you can change that for, for both of you. And um, that, like we talked last week, the a conversation that you and I had started the ball rolling of changing my life in a way of like my friendships and my relationships, that conversation changed my life as far as being a mother. Um, And being a mother of adult children, because 
there are some roads I don't want to go down. So um, without him knowing that vulnerability and seeing that vulnerability in me, that wouldn't have been possible. Um, and then there's the other part of being seen by our co-parents and our spouses of like appreciation. And we so desperately need that. And, and just that encouragement and that, um, I see how hard you're working for our family. I, I, I know this is challenging. I know this is hard. You need to go take a day and lay in bed and watch Netflix and not do that. And that part of being seen is so life-saving and life-giving too. And we don't all have that in a co-parent or in a spouse. Yeah, it's true. No, but it is, it is helpful when you do. It is. And it makes you want to be better. No, yeah, I was just thinking it makes me want to be, hearing that makes me want to, you know, put more, a little more effort into trying to acknowledge that, you know, like we were saying Mm -hmm. before about following that instinct when you feel it to Mm -hmm. say it. Yeah. And a follow through, you know, yeah. just the importance of those validating things too is so yeah. helpful. Well, and in the thick of the day to day with our, especially with our spouses, like the thick of the monotony of the day to day, it's hard sometimes to take a step back in a bird's eye view and be like, oh, hey, I see what you're doing as a dad here. And yeah. it's incredible. And, you know, or whatever, like that it's hard in the middle of juggling 75,000 things to to get that minute of perspective and, and remember to share it. And it just take, but it's, I, it's a worthwhile investment for sure of time and effort. Yeah. Agreed. It's good. It's important. Yeah. How do you feel? So I know, obviously, with your mom background. Yeah. But with your in-laws, are there are there moments that you felt that seen by like other parent figures, whether it's mom-in-law, dad-in-law, you know, any of that? I mean, do you... Um... Oof. I think that part of what I was talking about earlier with having that very guarded, um, especially in the early, well, all the way up through recently, really having a very guarded attitude for, for Jim and I both, like a knowledge that we were parenting our children very differently than our parents probably would have. Sure. And that there was some judgment there about how we were doing it. Um, I think we became very um, rigid in the beginning of like, please keep your opinions to yourself. Sure. Very boundaried. <laughs> yes. And so in doing that, it probably, well, it definitely made it so they didn't necessarily feel like they could give input and could sure. give um, acknowledgement. And, uh, they, you know, they felt like they had to tiptoe around things. And um, 
sometimes rightfully so, sometimes, you know, whatever. So do I feel or did I feel seen and supported? Mm, No. (laughs) Is that completely somebody else's fault? No. But like, um, yeah, I think a really challenging part for me in motherhood um, has been not having some someone um, who had experienced it before to be encouraging or be um, like not encouraging isn't even like just guidance, you know? And, and like I said, part of that was, was me, but part of my boundaries was knowing like, what I was going to receive wasn't necessarily encouragement, but yeah, judgment. And so, you know, yeah. What about you? What about your input from others? Yeah. I mean, I think I did. I I mean, I do think that, you know, we definitely had things that were like, Oh, we're doing this differently. Um, But I did feel supported and, you know, probably mostly just encouraged, Mm -hmm. um, which was nice. Uh, It definitely, as with anything, it's when we go through things, I can't help but also go like, okay, so when our kids are in this state, I want to do this, you know, Um, and whether a correction or similar, you know, emulating or whatever. Yeah. So obviously I think we all have those things like, okay, when our kids are, I want to definitely like offer support, you know, uh, in X, Y, and Z. But yeah, I think I felt, I felt, you know, I definitely felt a lot of pressure to be, to do it right. Yeah. Um, but I definitely had, I would say I was lucky I had more support. I had one point I remember where I was really, I was pregnant and I'm, I'm, I'm a, I was like a puker for the, my whole pregnancies. Yes. And I, then on top of it, I actually got sick. Like I had like the flu or something. Oh Lordy. And my house, I was with my, I think I was pregnant with Noah because we were at our old house and it was a disaster zone. Like the house was insanely horrifically like I was so deadly sick and Aaron called his mom and said mom can you come over and I just cried and cried and said the house is too like horrific you can't do that to me it's just too bad and he was like and he had to go to work and he was like you know what it just doesn't matter like like we have to get help and like she worked her fanny off. She was so incredibly sweet. She came over. She did not make me feel judged. She sent me to bed. She cleaned. She did dishes. She took care of the kids. Like my house was all clean when I got, when, you know, at the end of the day and she was just wonderful. And I just cried in mortification, but also in gratitude. Yeah. Because (laughs) it was like, and I forever want to remember that because I think it's easy at the older we get to forget about some of those times. Yeah. And to think like our house never looked like that. 
and it, you know, whatever, because the, the older our kids get, the less our house that looks like that. Yes. Oh right? God. Yes. That like my house stays consistently picked up generally because everybody's older. Right? Yeah. Like it's just different when you have toddlers and babies and what have you is like, it's, it's just a whole other different phase. So it's a complete injustice to even try to compare yourself yes. to, you know, other times of life. So yes. Anyway, I, I feel like, okay, I need to, I want to keep remembering that moment and Absolutely. I want to be able to be that for my yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, cause that was so, so incredibly yeah. impactful. Yeah. I think one of the, because as a young mom, I didn't feel a lot of support and like just acceptance of who I was and how I was, it is like one of the things I most focus on at this stage of my life with anyone around me who was just starting or maybe on round two of like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you may have an older one and now you're starting again is just no matter on your worst, worst, worst day, everything is falling apart no big deal. Yeah. You know, and like, like I said, we have a lot of um, family and family friends who are just starting or have little, little, little still. And I like when they come to my house, I want it to be like, your kids cannot do anything in this house. You cannot do anything in this house that I'm going to judge you for, I'm going to make you feel in any way you can't, like if you want to come spend the weekend and your children put holes in the walls and whatever, I don't care. I don't care. Like there is nothing that can't be repaired. First of all, there's nothing in this house that I value more than my people. Right. And secondly, there's nothing that can't be repaired and you are worth far more than that. Yeah. In my life. And that may sound like overboard, but when you have four kids and you go stay in someone's house and it's mayhem and you know, it to be able to go somewhere and let down your guard and just be at home and feel loved and supported and that your kids are loved and supported no matter who they are, how they act, there is no greater gift in my mind. And if I can give that to someone and give them the encouragement and the like strength to go on another day, then whatever it takes to do that, I will do it. And I genuinely mean that. Like there are some places where you go and people are like, oh, the kids, let them just have the run of the playroom. It'll be great. And then your kids have drawn on the walls and like done. And and you know that those people did not feel like. Right. Yeah. Like, sure, they can say that all they want, but they're ready for you to leave and they want to kill you on your way out. And we know that and feel that as moms, right? Like, but like genuinely I am like, I don't care. Yeah. This side of burning down the house or setting my dogs on fire. I don't care. 
You're so good. You're so good. And I think that's where too, we all have our own giftings in that. Exactly. Because I do think that you really genuinely do have that, take that space. And that is so beautiful. I'm probably not as extreme in that. In yeah. it, like, I definitely have some like, eh, please don't drown the walls. But yeah. I also, you know, am yeah. not, you know, I'm, I'm not an idiot or going to freak out if it happens, you know, accidentally by any means. But yes, you know, I mean, I'm not giving a kid markers and saying here, go wild. Right. right. But I create a space that for the most part, when someone comes, um, there's nothing that they can do that along yes. those lines. Like exactly. I remember all of the things I'm getting worse. I actually am like, Oh shit. I left all of this down and there's a two year old and right. kill themselves. <laughs> I, well, I am trying to like, remember all of the death traps, but I don't know. I just, my, my whole point there is that I want to be a place of respite for someone that needs it as yeah. a mom, especially. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, and I think it's so invaluable to be able to say to like, you are more important. The person, the people yes. that is always going to be more important. There's nothing else that can't be just like repaired. And yeah. I think that as in the spirit of it is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Oh yeah. So anywho, all over the place here, there's so much, so, so, so much that we can cover along these subjects, but yeah. But the power of being seen in our parenting and in our yes. mothering is, is a big deal. Yeah. Well, yes, I just, I, more than anything, I think the takeaway for me for this topic, especially to moms listening, which I can't imagine we have many people that listen who aren't moms because what the hell would they want to listen to this for? Uh, <laughs> but except Jimmy, of course, Jimmy's somewhere taking notes. Um, I love it. <laughs> oh shit. What was I saying? The takeaway. There's no right. There's no right way to be a mom. There's no perfect way to be a mom. There's just yeah. your best. Yep. And having people around you, whether that's us or your best friend of 25 years or however that looks for you, having people around you who can say, there's only your best. And sometimes your best is um, fish sticks in front of the TV Um with everybody still in their pajamas at dinner time. And that is amazing. Yep. And sometimes your best is losing your shit and screaming and yelling and throwing a toy dinosaur and coming back a couple of hours later and saying, wow, mom really had a tantrum. See, everybody has tantrums sometimes. And that's okay too. Yes. That felt oddly specific. I like it. No, no. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Ask my children anytime. I actually, I don't know if Jordan remembers it or if he was even around, but we had this toy, like ride on toy dinosaur that 
Ellie to this day will be like, my mom's kind of crazy. Once she threw a toy dinosaur up the stairs. And <laughs> basically it's akin to throwing a tricycle up the stairs. But Whoa. Uh, no. So no, anyway. no, that's good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's good. We all have our our days where we are not our finest selves. And I see you on that day. And you are <laughs> crying, mama. That's right. Oh, yeah. So here we are. Yeah. We live to fight another day. That's right. That's right. And knowing that we are not alone. Definitely not alone. Anything else, my friend? No, just okay. lots of love. Lots of love. Lots and lots of love to the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week.